everyone, welcome back to the True Crime Friday podcast. Just a quick disclaimer as per usual, before we get into the episode, this episode will contain mentions of rape, child abuse, incest, kidnapping, violence, sexual assault that many people may find upsetting and or disturbing. So if that is the case, then you may skip on to one of our tamer episodes, if you so wish. But if you are affected by anything, there are helplines that we will mention at the end of the episode. But for now, enjoy! Hola, peoples! Let's ring the Scotsman. Hello. How's it going? It's it's going fine. Uh, my room is way too warm, and that is a bit that I'm not enjoying. But I don't want people to hear me talk about grim shit on the when they're on the balconies. So that's that's life right now. How was your birthday? My birthday was good. Um, didn't really do much because it was my birthday. Obviously, had a day off work, so I just got up. Halo for most of the day until the grandparents came, and then we went out to the charity shops. So, Ooh, anything nice? Weirdly enough, I got some bedding. That is because an interesting one. The one that I went into, I was sorry, one of the ones I went into basically just had bedding and I didn't even know they sold that but I, it just caught my eye and I'm like what's this so I got some Simpsons bedding of the uh, Simpsons family I think it's all the family the main family I don't think Abe's on it but them pulling funny faces and it's a pillowcase as well so that, that's quite cool but no just a bunch of mishmash of other stuff I had a case of sadly um, when the first job I went to I couldn't buy one of the CDs because when I went to pay for it, the till opened it up, it wasn't there. So someone had stolen it. Oh, yeah, that's sucky. That's that shit. Back, from, back that person. Apart from that, it was good then. I Didn't hope. get much. Because you know, as you get older, you don't get as much gifts. So. Yeah, it's a weird thing that happens when you get older. And it's a weird thing that when you're a kid, you get given money. But when you're an adult, you don't when you need it the most. Yeah, and I mean, I'm weird I'm logic. Older. I've ne- as I've gotten older, I've every year I've been like, uh, my parents or someone else have been like, "What do you want?" And I'm like, "Don't know, nothing." You know, there's no yeah. as much excitement as a child because you go older and you realise how much it is to get someone something. So I only asked really one person what I wanted because they asked me, and I got Lego. So that's kind of what I asked for. But ask it. Sort of from that, no, because I kind of already knew what I was getting. The bowling gear and that sort of stuff, but yeah. as you get older, you're not as like writing a ten foot long list of all the presents you want. You yeah, know? like I kind of just go like, oh, I can't. Oh, I've, um, my old pair of Vans are kind of knackered, so I could do some with some new pairs of Vans or something. Like, it's always something that I need, not something that I necessarily want now. Mm-hmm. It's like essential shit. It's like, oh yeah, I'm like. My boots are fucked, so can I get some like a new pair of boots? Nice. It's yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how it is now. It's like, oh, you know what? If you want like I never buy 
like like bath related stuff so you know like um like moisturizers and body scrubs stuff like that i always like leave that around my birthday because i'm like oh someone will end up getting me that and that's pretty much how it goes now yeah yeah the bath soaps and all that that's understandable yeah it's like ah there's no point i'll end up with a backlog of it and i can't be asked uh my friend came back on thursday i can actually say this now because a few people uh, around this time this episode goes out if anyone and any one of my friends listens to this uh they've already seen him so my uh my friend came back from australia for the first time in three years which uh is a a big thing that happened uh because we've just not seen him obviously and it's been it was a I picked him up from the airport on Thursday. I didn't cry at the airport, which I I fully expected myself to cry. I did not. I was very happy. Uh, But he crashed at mine for a few days. We surprised all our close friends on Saturday. And that was an emotional roller coaster. That was very nice. It was was great. Like, when um, he's... he's, I think he's, like, seeing his, like, family now. Because he went to his mum's house on sunday so he's not been replying to my messages so if he's listening to this and it's friday and he's still being shit at replying sparky read my messages you cunt (laughs) you bastard read my fucking messages so i know you're fine (laughs) even though you're not too far away from me now you bastard uh but he's uh just yeah he's uh seeing everyone again it was a very good time so happy bunny about all that but uh, one thing that uh, we're not going to go from happy to meh very quickly, because this case is disgusting. Yeah. Um, do you know this one? Yeah, I do. I, I will say that a couple people have obviously spoke to me and been like, you know this case because of its notoriety, especially because in Europe, you know, it's a pretty big case for the whole of Europe, shall we say. So a couple of people I know have... Uh, Oh, I, I know this case, or I know there's something about it, or I've seen it, or I think a lot of people remember it. Um, all bull. I think they remember when everything got revealed in a way. Like I think they remember the uh, the ending of this twenty four year torture because it was yeah. only in two thousand eight when this yeah. all came to an end. And I mean, two thousand eight. Not that I remember it really, because it's you know it's quite impressive to remember stuff from such a young age. I mean, I would have been maybe around what eight, or maybe just coming on to eight. So yeah. it was at the right time for like a lot of people, sort of our age, to have seen it and have some vague memory of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, and also your parents probably wouldn't have shown you the news with this case because it is horrific. But I know quite a lot of people that if you say this guy's name, they're like, oh, I know about this guy because they remember this happening. Yeah, and I, I know as well because, you know, his name's um, been used in a couple of jokes people made on Mock the Week. They used his name in that. Yeah, it's always for dark, very, very dark humour because, um, so, you, you've obviously read the title. This is about Joseph Fritzl. Uh, who is also is he's also known as the Amstetten monster, and he pretty much shocked the entire world in two thousand eight when it was revealed that for the past twenty four years he has kept his daughter Elizabeth 
uh, trapped in a secret basement under the family home and he fathered her seven children. It's not something that you'd ever think about that could ever happen uh, to someone. But the fact that this happened, there's been movies about this um, case... Uh, I watched the movie. It was um, it's, a, it's an American version of it. Oh, ah, now this is a, it, a good thing you brought this up because I did remember recently seeing somewhat part of a film on the TV where this mother and her son were being kept captive somewhere. There is oh, like something an... similar to this case, but I can't remember what it was. I just have this vague memory of seeing on the telly where like this this woman and her son or maybe her daughter are being kept in this sheltered area in the back of someone's house and they've not seen daylight for ages or something or however long and it was something along the lines of this and i've tried to find it again but i can't remember yeah there'll be like loads of things that were that were made in relation to this case there is a movie that is americanized it's an american kind of um adaptation of it but uh same kind of thing father kidnaps daughter fathers her seven kids um which is horrific so obviously make sure if you need to go back and listen to the disclaimer before we go into this case that is always at the start of the episode because this is going to be quite difficult for a lot of people to hear because it's so like you wouldn't think this could ever happen so we're going to go into his early life going into um family life to elizabeth and also everything that basically happened in as much detail as i possibly can do and and i will if i have to i will definitely mention like trigger warnings before i start to talk about anything graphic but i'm pretty sure that i've not written anything too graphic down but obviously i'll always let you know so yeah um so joseph fritzel <laughs> he was born on the 9th of april 1935 in amstetten austria at this time austria was under the control of nazi germany and his father... Uh, sorry? Yeah, I just said haha because it's that time period we're dealing with when he's born. Yeah, exactly. And he's, he's a fucking old dude right now. Uh, so his, his father abandoned the family when he was only four years old and he would later passed away in the war. And this left Joseph alone to be raised by his mother. Now, his mother wasn't the best person on the planet. Uh, which we'll go more into. On the 12th of March 1938, however, when he was three, nearly three years old, so before his father had left the family, Hitler's troops marched through the border, marched across the border into Amstetten. Hitler followed a few days later to be greeted by a large crowd, and at this point in time, young Joseph was in that crowd on the shoulders of his father, ready to greet everyone. Uh, so he was there, he was here. He was a Nazi supporter. Sorry? Joseph was a Nazi supporter. Uh, I mean, he's like three at this point, so I'm not going to say that he was, but possibly yes, but he's also three at this point. What? You think his family were? His dad was, but his mum wasn't. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying. Obviously, three's quite young, but like he's obviously being taken to this and having some excitement, even though he was really not knowing yeah. what it's about. But he might have still continued to believe what the Nazis did from that young age. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, he said that he grew up in a in a poor family. So he said, and so this is a quote from him that from when he was in prison. Uh, spoiler. He said, unquote, I grew up in a poor family. My father was a no-good scoundrel who cheated. My mother threw him out of the house when I was four. She was the best woman in the world, and I was her husband in some way. I was the only man in the house. I loved her over everything. Now, him saying that he was her husband in some kind of way is fucking weird to me. Uh, yeah. Like, it's just weird. But he adored his mum. She didn't feel the same way about him. <laughs> To say the very least, um, she really just didn't like him. She used to beat him quite regularly and she used to be very aggressive towards him. Uh, During the Second World War, she was actually arrested and put into a concentration camp because she was going against the Nazis. And she spent a good few months in a concentration camp. And Joseph was pretty much left on his own and sent to an orphanage during this period of time. Now, when he got taken to this orphanage, he was told that his mother had passed away. Obviously, this wasn't true. And when the war ended, he realised that she was actually still alive. So, he had a massive issue with his mum when he found out she wasn't actually dead. She'd really be happy about that, but no. She basically lied then to people. Or just him. They No, they told him. Oh. Like, like people that arrested her told him that she was dead and if she's going to a concentration camp like you wouldn't like you'd probably just jump, jump to that conclusion eventually anyway uh, yeah the, i mean there were survivors but i guess due to the mass genocide of millions of innocent people there people would have just assumed that they would have saw their relatives again well yeah exactly so after the war his mum became even more eccentric and aggressive her discipline towards him became a lot more violent, and but his um, despite all this, his childhood friends said that he was like a very nice kid. He was very intelligent, but he was a bit aloof. And and for a child go un, like suffering under abuse, like that's not really tend that tends to be not quite common. But this is probably because when he was about fi- the age of fifteen, the relationship changed. And uh, he finally stood up to his mum. But when she did this, a disturbing connection between family, violence, and sexuality was being set. Uh, He said, and quote, Did I fantasise about my mother? Probably, but I was strong and I have therefore managed to suppress my urges. There shouldn't be urges. I mean, this is Austria, right? Yeah. Not America, not Alabama. Right, do. I mean, we, we, maybe we later on see that he's clearly got some weird fucking things going on in his brain that just attracts him to family members, don't we? That, that thought, and when people do that, I just don't... It's 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 not natural. There's a reason why you shouldn't do it because you see results of people who have been a source of 
family member engagement, and it's not good. Trust me. I can't remember what it was I watched. There's a thing on Facebook, I think, where some guy visited a family where there had been inbreeding, and physically one of the el- the older pe- person, one of these elderly folk that were there were basically explaining their family and being like, oh, they could speak English, but there was a man in that family who just barked like a dog. He physically couldn't speak at all. And then there was another one that just like came out and just started pointing at the ground being like, that's where we've had to bury one of our relatives right in our front yard who died prematurely or something. Or like, you know, not as, didn't live as long as he should have due to this sort of stuff. So why people have that thought, don't, don't. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, no fucking clue. I don't, I don't. It's just a horrible thing. At what point does someone just? No. Also, if anyone can hear any like background noise, that's my washing machine going off. I had to do this really late, so <laughs> if you can hear any noise. Apologies. Um, you probably can actually, <laughs> which is going to be really annoying. So, um, to kind of ignore his urges, he became a peeping tom. And he would go out to listen to young... Like, you'd go out of the house and try and listen out for young couples having sex in their homes so he can hear everything that they were doing. So he'd be a peeping Tom and he'd also be, like, against the window so he could hear them. And, uh, yeah. Like, oh. like, it's just... just think about that, that he, he, he's, he went out to listen and just... That's like, you know, that in itself is such a weird thing for someone to say. Going out and listening, you know, maybe it's just me, but I don't want to hear that when I'm out and about. But this guy's going out and about trying to find it and hear it. That's, that's... Yeah, yeah, it's so, like, just no. It's just so fucking weird. He's doing that to stop his... Urges to basically shag his mum. That's a weird way of trying to stop doing that weird thing in the first place. Yeah. He then started flashing women in the street, so he was doing other stuff as well. Oh, no! He said, yeah. Um, but at the age of 21, he got married to a woman named Rosemary, who was four years younger than him. Uh, and she worked as a kitchen helper at the time. In 1967, he was known to have raped a young woman at knife point in Linz, uh, but the record of this attack was then later erased after 15 years. Stop erasing records for these cunts. Yeah, well, what, I don't understand why records just get deleted, erased, under the bus type ordeal. Surely, if something happens of like a variety about this, I know it's way back, but like, still now I don't get why if someone has something against them that they completely erase it, just have it there as evidence, and wait till you have a definitive answer to whether or not instead of just going, oh, I don't know, we'll just we'll just erase it. Yeah, I. I just, I just don't understand the logic like just like why it gives a bad rep as well 
Yeah, exactly. The justice system's corrupt. Is that so many things are just getting wiped out that didn't happen? You know, there's so many things that we've tried to hide that you you know the carpet you're hiding under is getting bigger and bigger. And you know, yes, yeah. some stuff, some stuff you just don't want people to see. Like I, I know a lot of these cases, there'll be like footage or there'll be like photos, and those are stuff that you'd want to keep locked away. But if there's something too gruesome, then it's like okay, we don't want that delete it that's understandable but like cases of small you know smaller scenarios before they do all their stuff keep that don't throw it away yeah uh, yeah this i mean uh, all these cases i just must stop removing shit because i mean what eventually would happen there's no way that they would think that could possibly be happening but if he, if that record was still there, they could have looked into him a lot more. Which is yeah. the thing. So Which is what do. Yeah, like also he was a suspect in two other assaults in the area and he's also alleged to have raped one of his sisters. If the signs are there or someone might be acting sus, you know, why delete it? Well yeah, exactly. Like, stop deleting shit. So, um, at some point, he did graduate from a technical college with a qualification in electrical engineering. And he then began working at a steel-based company in Austria. Uh, for a while, he worked in, like, a mail-order kind of role, but then he gave it up in 1972. He then bought an inn and a campsite nearby. Now, he... So basically, he was he had a lot of money. Like oh, he was, wow. a, he was a very rich guy. He, he was very known, and he was very rich. He had a lot of properties, and there was even one point with the family home where he later turns it into apart like different flats, different apartments that he rented out to a bunch ah. of people. So the man was loaded. I mean, loaded for that time. I mean, I always find it interesting because. If he's loaded then, how much money that is now? Well, yeah, exactly. Um, So none of it... So obviously he had all these crimes that he was doing, all these sexual assaults and stuff like that. But none of these really affected his marriage. But there was... But he did dominate his wife to the point... Like, it was a lot of abuse towards it. Like, people were scared of him. He was known, but people were scared of him. The family and his wife were 100% terrified of him. Uh, so they didn't really try and go against him in any way. Now, oh. he was so in control that he was able to make frequent trips alone to Pattaya, which is a city in Thailand known for like its sex tourism. So like he, he could do whatever the hell he wanted. They oh. did have seven children together, including two sons and five daughters. And one of these daughters include Elizabeth. So, um, by the time she, around the time she was, like, Elizabeth was born, he was sent to prison for the rape of the of a young girl in the area. He stalked this woman for several weeks to make sure he knew when her husband wouldn't be home. He broke into her house, raped her at knife point, and then he was later arrested. Obviously, but he was released from prison early, and he just carried on doing the whole flashing young girls kind of thing. 
So now I'm going to go into more Elizabeth. So, but obviously not her fully her childhood because there isn't much on that. But as early as 1977, when she was 11 years old, he started sexually abusing her. He started off by leaving his uh, porn porn magazines out in front of her or leaving them around for her to find. He would start flashing her like he did the other girls in the neighbourhood and even started overly treating her nicely in front of her friends to kind of cover his tracks. Like, they would see him as like a nice father kind of thing where the reality was the complete opposite. I don't get the porn... It was kind to see how she would react. Oh. I mean, I could see that. If someone said they did that, I could see it in a way of, you know, round about that age, you're just trying to see. I mean, it's not the normal way of the talk. I think we know what we mean by the talk, where your parents, not that I had that, where your parents just explain stuff. I think it's a weirder way to be like, here's a porno mag, I'll see if they find it and open it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so weird. Somehow that spurs someone on. How 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 is I mean eleven, you know. Uh, yeah, so he got to the point where it wasn't like with most people like this, it is the abuse factor. But yeah. with him, like he genuinely started to see her as like his wife at one point. Yeah, that I that's completely fucked. Mm. Right. Like she's at eleven, and processing that is is very tough. Like she you know. had the key signs of a child possibly suffering from either mental health issues or abuse. Like she went from being really outgoing and bubbly with a lot of energy. And straight away she went to being angry, argumentative, and quiet. And this can be either key signs of a child suffering from abuse or a teenager being a teenager. And this is the reason why a lot of people can't detect which one it is. And this is the reason why a lot of things don't get discovered quite easily. But it is a key sign when the behaviour changes. That is a good point. I mean, I've got a cousin who's seemed to be a teenager and he's a bit grumpy and i'm just thinking well you know teenagers teenagers but i've I've never thought of it that way that someone could be suffering but at the same time they're a teenager and you just are angry at that point anyway hormones and stuff well yeah exactly so like um like okay so let's put him into this perspective um this is just standard psychology i guess I guess, uh, but, and if anyone wants to correct me, please do, but when it's abused to younger children, so before puberty really even starts to hit, it, the child doesn't normally know what's going on is wrong because the abuser will be convincing them it's not. They'll be convincing mm. them that it's a game, it's okay, it's their secret, whatever. They'll be doing whatever they can to manipulate them into thinking that this is normal, it's okay, and it's a between them kind of thing. They won't know what actually is going on. Yeah. And from what a lot of abuse survivors have said, 
it doesn't feel like it is wrong, but some t- some people can feel like it is wrong sometimes because you're so young you don't know. Where so they won't have necessarily the reaction of mood changes necessarily. Not as not as not as obvious. Whereas eleven year olds onwards, like ten ten year olds at least onwards would probably have more of an understanding. Yeah. So not they'd be sh- not in the sense of like showing, I guess. This is like unless you were a young kid that somehow saw it and then realized it was bad, then you'd know. But like I can understand that from a young age, you know, if it's below ele- um below 11 that if you're being abused, you'd more than not know if that's wrong or right but i guess obviously above 11 is kind of the point where you said get more of a sense of life a bit more you know what i mean like you become a teenager and you come out or you're like when you're 11 you're just at the cusp of you know close to being a teenager you understand more what's wrong and right on your own self without your parents yeah exactly so this is how abusers basically hide very well especially when it's in family because yeah it's treated as normal but thing with him though is that you explained he's, he's quite angry and controllative exactly yeah which a lot of cases i've seen when someone has the control over someone it's really sad because the, the people feel defenseless and they know they can't do anything because the power he has yeah and he's using that, knowing that he can shut it all down and they won't do nothing, you know. Unless for some reason you've got a family member who just takes no BS and can get past that. But obviously in some cases like this one, you know, they're so defenseless that they just deal with it because they know that there's no way that they can push past that barrier and be the one controlling over him. And I know all kids teenagers would be like i hate my parents and they wish that they could do something and be like yeah you know you say words back but that's just words you know in some cases like when they're very abusive you know words mean nothing is they have the dominant control they can't do anything so you just i guess they just submit to it and just fall to the ground and be like i can't do anything and feel so defenseless which really gets to me because how they must feel knowing that how this could go on forever and I've I've just fallen victim to it, if you will. Yeah. It's so the thing is as well with Elizabeth, and one of the things that she used to do as well was rebel a lot more. Not necessarily she wanted to basically I think she wanted him to piss she wanted to piss him off so he would do he would just snap randomly and show his true self a bit more. She ah. so she was really trying to piss him off. Uh, in January 1983, she actually ran away from home with a friend and they went to Vienna, but she was later found and returned to her family in less than a month because she was under the age of, she was, she was underage at this time, so she had to get returned home. And I can't imagine that horrific feeling of getting, of being taken back to that house. That's horrible. Yeah. Nah. Like, you just try to get away and it's like, legally, like, 
it's not even the police's fault at this point because obviously no one knows what's going on really it's like we just gotta do like the law you can't just run away kind of thing yeah it's you, you which is really feel sick. free but then you go back to not yeah. being free. and it's sad that someone has to escape you know try and run away at such a young age you know you should feel safe in a house and not have ever have a thought of running away but the fact that she had to have that thought of running away because she knows that would be better for her yeah so in an attempt to keep elizabeth from isolated from the outside world he began building a dungeon below the family home his own brother-in-law helped him build the space without knowing the true reasoning for it. So he basically told him it's kind of like... Because obviously he's an engineer and all this kind of stuff. And he's doing all these projects. He kind of just told his brother-in-law that it was a space for him to do all that kind of stuff. And just keep it away from family. Which, not out of the realm's possibility. Because obviously he was a very busy guy. He had a lot of properties that he was taking care of. And everyone was scared of him. Um, yeah. The initial planning of the dungeon began when he was in when he was first in prison actually when Elizabeth was a baby without obviously her being the intended victim but the idea of having a dungeon to keep a sex slave in there was a plan that he'd been having for like 18 years at this point. Uh this it's it's just horrific cuz the construction actually began in 1978 which is not long after he first raped Elizabeth. So he'd been doing this for a while because this she was she was like eleven when he first started the construction of it, and he would put her in that dungeon when she was eighteen. So for seven years he was creating this whole thing. Uh, it was sorry. I was gonna say it's just the planning, and with cases like this, how long someone takes or does for something is just mind blowing. Of how long they will wait do something before they actually can do it seven years man of planning that out is what yeah it, it's just that's how fucked he is that he really wanted that for seven years of his life he spent making that hellhole is mind-blowing it's it's genuinely insane so the dungeon was obviously windowless it had electrical lighting electronic locks on each door a remote a remote code lock on the main door which he had installed himself because he was an electrician so he knew how to do absolutely everything um he had it set out where um uh basically after a certain amount of time if he hadn't con- gone down to the basement it would unlock itself so basically if he died they could be let out but he'd be dead at that point not facing the consequences but it wouldn't be like say minutes it would be like weeks oh so it wasn't like uh, i don't know like if he hadn't been down in the day it would just open it was yeah like if he if he wanted to go on holiday he could do oh that's devilishly evil yeah so she ran away a few times before she turned 18 she always was taken back to the family home but she had plans to become a waitress in Vienna and live with her older sister, who had obviously moved out by this point. Now, she was about to, she was now eighteen, so she could do that and not get taken back home. So, he when he found out about this, 
he was like pissed off. Also, at this time, she'd just gotten a boyfriend, so he was not fucking happy uh, for obvious reasons on his stupid sick brain. But um, he went into a panic because he knew that if she was free and she wasn't in his control anymore because she wasn't under that house, like in that house anymore, she could tell anyone about what had been going on for the past seven years and he freaked out about it. So that's when he was like, right, I need to put her in this basement. It's now or never. Um. And this was on the 24th of August, 1984. He lured her into the basement by having her help him put put on the door, uh, after which he drugged her with a ether-soaked towel and locked her in the 15 by 15 cell. She, put, she wouldn't see the light of day again for over two decades. That's... So, I've got a little context. I saw another podcast right. do this, but they did it with music, so I'm going to do this with movies. Uh, for context on how long she was in this basement i saw another podcast do this with music but obviously i'm gonna do it with movies because i don't want to fully copy uh so when she was put in the basement the original karate kid came onto the screens as well as footloose and gremlins when she was released the dark knight returns and pineapple express were the top movies damn like i i i the movie thing and i love how someone else has done the music thing because grasping the period of time you, you can just say it right like however long she's been in and that's fine but when you really think about it it starts to become more like oh shit you know because think of it this way right right now in this day and age um say that me and you stayed inside for a day We had a day off, work, just stayed inside, was on our PCs, that sort of thing, or just played video games. And then, you know, go out the next day and then someone's like, oh, yeah, you see that thing that happened yesterday? What? Oh, no, there was just a parade that happened in the town. Oh, I missed it. You know, just missed a parade that was in the town that's just one day. Or did you see that meme? Oh, no, I missed that meme that came out. Oh, you know, did you see the trailer? Oh, I missed the trailer. That's just a day. That's just one day I missed a trailer. See it again. But yeah. how long she is, is ultimately insane. Think of it like, just with anything, like what you've done now is just totally mind-blowing at the fact of like, you know, the late, you know, and it, the, the music example is the best for whatever that podcast done. And I like the movie one as well. Because think of it that way, like Gremlins has come out. And at that point, that's what a horror film is. Or like a Christmas one. Some people call Gremlins a Christmas film. I say it is. But... Like, Gremlins comes out. Think of how that film's made and a horror film you see now. Exactly. If you had no grasp of time between those two films, like you'd saw nothing else in the world of media, you'd think, what the absolute hell? She's gone in in what, 1984, right? Yep. So, not to, co- not to completely copy the music thing, but it's like the 80s. So this is at the cusp of when it's like synth pop, it's quite heavy at that point. You're in the 80s, you're starting to get that sort of stuff. The punk movement's happened in the late 70s. It's coming into well, post-punk stuff, very synth-heavy in the 80s. You get let out, and you hear metalcore? You think, what in the hell? Or you heard, like, black metal, or you heard grindcore, or you heard, you know, 
so much stuff like that you think what is this heavy heavy screaming in music or like short as af grindcore songs you'd think what the hell's happened like progression is big and you don't realize it how much stuff progresses but because you've been alive for so many years you know what i mean it just seems natural you know how long we've been alive you know we've seen animated films as kids we've grown up and we see animated films now yeah and we've kind of seen a progression on how technology and stuff's gone and the same with music you know we've listened to music you listen to bullet for my valentine so do i we know metalcore we've seen like the whole pop thing of the 2010s you know big techno songs and then trash songs that they're releasing now we've seen the growth Mm. but seeing something then having no mind or having no knowledge of media or the world or anything and then seeing something else yeah, okay. can't even grasp that so they so the podcast i listened to did um uh top uh song in 1984 and top song in 2008 so just an album that came out or came out in 1984 was ride the lightning by metallica oh my god so it's at the cusp of like ride the lightning so that's like peak thrash almost we're cusping on peak thrash yeah let me see metal albums that came out in 2008 let's have a scream aim fire by bullet from a valentine came out oh yeah so so when she went in there ride the lightning by metallica just been released and when she came out screaming fire and shogun by so screaming fire by both my valentine had just come out and so had shogun by trivium i mean it's metal all hope is gone by slipknot as well it's metal because whatever people say but the difference is big of 80s of like and it's weird because I, it's not, not you know I'm, I'm gonna say something like well you know when music comes out now you kind of if some new music comes out nothing is completely really mind-blowing if that makes sense like you can hear a new pop punk album or hear a new metal album and you can kind of hear influences from other stuff you know what i mean because of how much is <coughs> backlogged same with movies you know what i mean yeah <coughs> no. like excuse you uh, the point of like that's thrash metal right mm. if you take your mind back and think right that's thrash metal right so none of your metal core none of your big surges of pop punk has happened none of your grunge has happened none of your brit pops happened none of your cheesy you know like pop r&b stuff for your 90s so many like one hit wonders and, like tv's theme songs blasting up to the top of the charts euro dance techno none of that massive genres has happened and you go in she's knowing that this is thrash metal and then you know at that point not knowing where music could go because at that time thrash metal the whole booming metal scene and then the new wave of british heavy metal and your glam metal that stuff you know just peak bubbling so that's what you think music is and you're thinking whoa this is so cool where's music gonna go now you come out and it's progress way further than you could have ever imagined you know what i mean yeah i also love how there's stuff that comes out now that blow our minds but imagine if that was us like in the 80s we're thinking thrash metal this is like the future whoa 
and we come out and we hear music and been like how did we progress it would feel like you're the future but you're not in yeah. terms of the world and that's such a weird concept and this is i've just completely my mind's like scattering right now at the thought of that because as we know music is a huge thing for me and just thinking about that it's just so nuts and then the whole movie thing as well animated movies like toy story none of that to you is the thing oh, what do you even think what yeah it oh, is insanely baffling with like all of that like i also love oh, doesn't matter the case we'll always talk about rock music in general welcome to the podcast um but, but it yeah. is mad to think about like so during her first year of captivity because this is 24 years she's in there she was kept entirely restrained but afterwards she was allowed to walk around a bit more freely uh his so Fritz, so Fritzl's wife aka elizabeth's mum eventually filed a missing persons report because she used to run away a lot so the first they're like oh she ran away again but then the, obviously the plan was to go to her older sister's place and live with her and they um, obviously they found out she wasn't actually there so that's when they filed the report uh, to cover up her disappearance however so the police would stop looking uh, Joseph Fritzl forced her to write a letter saying that she had moved in with a friend and that she would try to leave the country if her parents came to find her. Uh, the, late, the letter was postmarked in Brano, which was the town over, so he drove over there to post the letter so he didn't look suspicious. Um, over the next 24 years, Joseph Fritzl would come down to Elizabeth every three days three to five days to give her food and supplies and also to rape her. In, 19, in 1988, she gives birth to for the first time all by herself, so he wasn't there when she gave birth. She names her daughter Kirsten and it is later speculated that the birth of Kirsten despite the messed up circumstances probably saved her sanity because she now had someone else to care for and it gave her a bit of a distraction. Which I 100% understand. In 1990, she gives birth to another child, near who she names Stefan. Now, later on, we'll talk. Uh, later on, I will talk about the defects and the issues that the children obviously have. Um, in 1991, Elizabeth hasn't seen sunlight at this point for nearly seven years. She becomes pregnant again, just up, and just above the cellar. Uh, her mum, her brothers and her sister are carrying on their lives. They don't know anything that's going on downstairs because downstairs is a normal basement and then there's a blocked off wall which is actually a door that is obviously hidden. In August 1992, uh, she gives birth for the third time and her, her daughter Lisa is born and Lisa is born with a heart defect. And he gets a bit worried because this so-called soundproof cellar is not going to really be able to cope with a small baby who is constantly in pain and obviously constantly cry crying because of the pain. His solution was to force Elizabeth to write another letter. In it, she says she can't care for her child and would her family take her in. This letter, along with Lisa, is placed on the doorstep of the house by Fritzel. When Lisa's found by Rosemary the next day, she is taken 
to the hospital and she's given emergency surgery to correct the heart defect and she ends up being okay. She's then taken into the family home and she is the first of three children that Rosemary will raise. So life downstairs is getting a bit more cramped for the young kids. So Fritzel gets the kids to help convert more space. Uh, so they help dig more of a, a bigger room. Because it's just one room at this point. Uh, to make the daily life a bit more normal, he installs refrigerators, provides toys, flowers, and gives them a goldfish and a canary. And I can, that, that, the goldfish I kind of get, but canary I kind of don't. Like, canaries are loud, right? Like, birds are loud. Can be. Birds as in, you know, pet birds, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I I just think it's quite sickening how he's just, just, just you know, oh, we'll put all this stuff in to make it better. You fucking still keep them in a basement, you sick fuck. Trying to make it look all nice, giving them pets and shit that you've deprived them of, and now it's like, oh, here you go. That's That, to me, seems like him being a cunt. You get me? Yeah. So oh, now just giving necessities just because of how it is. It's, uh, it's the fact that he's trying to normalise stuff now. He's, he's trying to make it more That's comfortable for the kids. And if you see that, uh, we will post this. We have already posted a few pictures on our Instagram, but I'll post some more when the episode comes out. But there are pictures of the basement, and there's drawings all over the walls that the kids have put there to try and make it seem a lot more colourful and homely, which is I mean, so sad. But they don't really know what a home should really look like. Well, yeah, exactly. They don't really know. Elizabeth kind of does know, so she's probably like passing that on to them, but that's kind of it. They do have a very tiny TV to kind of keep updated with things, but that's kind of it. But they don't... Really, but in a basement, you're not going to get... Especially in the 90s at this point. It's not going to be the best. Mm-hmm. So... On the 16th of December 1994, a second child arrives on the doorstep. Another note was found to be from Elizabeth saying that the baby was called Monica. So that's another child being raised by Rosemary. At this point, people are getting a bit suspicious. They're like, why is she giving her kids to you? Uh, why is she keep having these kids? And a journalist named Mark Perry runs a very strange runs the strange story about the second abandoned baby because people are like, what the fuck? On the 28th of April 1996, Elizabeth gives birth to twins, Michael and Alexander. Now I'm going to give a trigger warning because this does involve uh, infant death. This next bit. So just a bit of a warning. So Joseph Fritzel has now fathered six children with his own daughter. But one of the children, Michael, the new, one of the newborns, is very sick as soon as he's born. He has breathing difficulties from the start and is in need of serious medical attention, but he can't risk the attention to the baby. So he says to Elizabeth, whatever will be, will be. And he basically just lets Michael be in pain for 66 hours before he dies in Elizabeth's arms which is horrific 
Uh, he obviously so Michael's passed away. Now he has to get rid of the body, and um, he basically burns Michael's body in the furnace of the house. Which um, is fucked up. That's the pinnacle of fucked. Yeah. So, like, Elizabeth doesn't, like, obviously like the fact that all these children have been fathered by her own dad. Obviously, she's, like, it obviously, but like her child has just fucking died in her arms, and then she finds out that the baby has been thrown into a fucking furnace. Yeah, he basically he's let a child die. Yeah, because and then he could gotten rid of it. Yeah, because he has done something incredibly fucked up for at least ten years at this point, and all these children have fucking birth defects so they're obviously sick and he just is like nah about it it's like, so fucked that he's had the mindset of if the child dies the child dies like his mindset there is just I don't care and that's so sickening to have the thought of you know what I'm gonna get caught out so I don't care if this child dies or I die well got to dispose of it fuck you that's absolutely horrible everybody wants in this world a child to survive and live and have a healthy normal life this fucking twat had the mindset of he dies he dies that's it I don't care that's just stupid and oh that that's why that's one of the things about this case that really gets me that fact It, yeah. So, so now, so obviously, Michael's a twin. Alexander is also sick, but Elizabeth is obviously distraught over what's just happened, and she can't tolerate both of her twins dying. So, he leaves a third child on his own doorstep, and social services do question him about this because there are like three grandchildren that have just turned up. And no one knows where Elizabeth is because she has been technically missing since she was 18 years old, but she is in contact with them. There's even an instance where, so with Alexander, he doesn't leave a note this time. He actually, now no one knows what's really happened with this. Either he forced Elizabeth to phone her mum and tell her like oh this is alexander you need to take care of him or some people think that he put on a voice but i can't imagine him doing a very good girl's voice if i'm being completely honest when you look at him but uh yeah he phones the house now this is where he kind of messes up and gets a bit bit of questioning because uh they have changed their house phone recently by this point so um, the one that they had in 1984 when Elizabeth went missing wouldn't obviously work and that would be realistically the only one that she would know but he rings obviously the brand new number and everyone, and even Rosemary's like how have you gotten this number like you've not been here for 10 years but 
people eventually but he comes up with some weirdly good excuse that lets everyone just think oh no everything's fine bye bye and yeah he gets away with it so obviously by now he's very comfortable and confident in his whole fucked up setup that he spends long periods of time away from his above and below ground families so that would eventually become a thing the kids who grew up with rosemary would call themselves the upstairs family and the children who grew up with elizabeth would call themselves the downstairs family he went on regular trips to thailand holiday videos show him enjoying a thai massage on the beach there's even footage that show him about to buy a dress that's clearly too small for his wife and that dress was actually meant for elizabeth because you know she's probably really fucking small because that ceiling was quite low in the basement it's a basement ceiling it's really low so a lot of the kids are really short including elizabeth because of the conditions because sometimes they would crawl sometimes instead of actually walk so it messed up a lot of stuff with all the kids and her so by december 2002 she has been imprisoned underneath her own family home for 18 years kirsten is now 14 and Stefan is now 12 and they've never been outside the cellar like ever they've never seen daylight they have never felt sunlight ever or felt wind anything imagine this folks that you're deprived of a basic necessity that the earth has given us our solar system has given us and you're being deprived of that think of how fucking messed up that is never in my life or lauren's life any of your lives do you think oh i'd never have you know got to experience the sun or never got to experience wind or fresh air that's how fuck that is that they've never been outside and breathed fresh oxygen that came from planet earth and the trees that's how messed up it is. Something we take for granted. And right now, I'm breathing oxygen. And I will go outside and I'll breathe oxygen. Which I've breathed for years and years of my life. And never once have I thought, wow. Imagine if I never had this oxygen. You know, fresh. Because there would have been in there, but it would have been horrible. There no ventilation, but we would never experience fresh outdoors. And that's... Thought... That's completely just out of this world that I never saw that stuff. Yeah, it, it, it is insanely mad. And obviously, like, these kids have been... They've never seen daylight. So he compensates, in a way, by providing them with vitamin D supplements and lamps to reduce inevitable deficiencies. But obviously, he doesn't stop them in a hole. Because... You can have vitamin D supplements. It doesn't solve everything. It might, it will work if it's uh, the winter and you are going to work when it's dark and you're coming home when it's dark, but you see, you still see the daylight on weekends most likely. So, it like those kind of things work for that kind of time frame, but not an entire life, not fourteen or twelve years. Yeah. You don't think of it that much, though. Like, on a daily basis, when are you thinking, ah, 
look at all that supplements and stuff I'm getting from the sun. Yeah, you, you think just, about that? No, you just don't think that. No. I, I only think about it when my dad tries to make you know. sure I'm taking my vitamin D tablets I'm in the winter. That. Yeah, I'm out and about, or I'm breathing. Not once am I sitting there going, ah, that was a nice breath of oxygen. Oh, I'm glad that oxygen's around. I'm sitting there going, ah, thank you, sun, for giving and speeding out all the things I get. I'll go out and go, oh, it's warm. And then I'm thinking, oh, that's because the sun's out. Oh, yeah how hot or cold it is, but I'm not thinking of all the nutrition and stuff that that's actually helping my body. Yeah. You know? like you just I'm outside don't. getting stuff that's actually helping me. I'm outside breathing oxygen so my lungs can get filled with air and I can breathe. I'm never thinking about that because it's such a basic thing that I don't need to think about it. It just happens. Yeah, it's like... Also, like, a thing that he did was to make sure he could get food and supplies and stuff for them. He would shop outside of Amstetten, so in areas where people don't really know who he is. So there'd be no suspicion there, especially for like baby supplies. What food did they eat though? Uh, well, they had like a little kitchen area, so they're still eating like fairly regular food. I'm guessing, like they still had fairly regular food. Because their knowledge of cuisine is well, next to nothing, you know. Yeah, it would have all been taken from him or Elizabeth. It wouldn't have been any anywhere else. So they just would have had to go with what she knew. Yeah, and I know it's not just food, but it's still mind-blowing in every concept that cuisine for them is just, like, a not-known thing, you know? You grow up seeing so much foods everywhere, going into a supermarket and you'll see a food and you don't know what that is. I do that today. I'll go in a shop and I'll go, I don't know what that is, because there's so much food. But I know stuff. Yeah. But think of it this way, that they'd never known of a McDonald's. Me. Or they'd never yeah. known of fast food or never known that there's fancy fine dining restaurants or never known maybe that croissants or French or like pizzas a Italian thing or fish and chips is a UK dish and then there's cuisine from all over the world that's different. They're just eating what they assume is food everyone has. But as we know, Australian cuisine is different from UK cuisine, different from French cuisine, but loads of yeah. places have multicultural cuisines that we can have but they have no concept of that and they just eat what they eat you know what i mean imagine you grew up just the food you were given is what you thought it was and you had no idea that all this other food existed well yeah exactly never tried it. i know for picky eaters people just see stuff and they don't try it and then they won't know but they know it like. exists that's the thing. but it know it exists like if you said ah i don't want to eat broccoli well, you know what broccoli is. He's not going to eat it. In their case, it's what's broccoli, regardless of they like it or not. They need to know what the hell that is. Well, and yeah, that's... exactly. It's it's all this kind of stuff. And so she does give birth one last time to a child named Felix. This happens a few years before they get out. So it's now 2008. It's been 24 years. And she has been in that cellar as a sex slave for this amount of time. She is now, Elizabeth is now 42 and has spent half of her life in captivity in inhuman conditions. It's estimated that he raped her more than 3,000 times, often in, often in front of the children. Whoa, what? Yeah, so she's only 42. 42's not old. Like, by any means. Ah. But I... mm -hmm. she looks at this point from just, there's no pictures of her now, but 
from descriptions from investigators and the police and everything, she looks cl- she looks like she's in the mid sixties. So I know. she's hunched over. She's got very pale, very wrinkly skin because she's so malnourished at times, and her hair is completely white. But the you know the period of when she's been in there because you know she went in when she was what eighteen. Yeah. Like, yeah, you've developed, and yeah, but like, even your twenties and thirties is still you growing. Exactly. Time. It's not like you just reach an age and you just stay like that, because obviously after that you become old and you get the wrinkles. But I'm in my twenties, and so are you. Yeah. But like, I'll be different when I'm in my thirties, still growing. So, being in that long and not experiencing that part of your life in that way is just messed up because I'm, you know, I'm in my twenties now. But like, if I had to experience my twenties not in the normal way that I experienced stuff before, would be completely like mind-boggling. That this period is just totally different from the rest, and the fact that and I thought that even though it's two thousand eight, the millennium, yeah, you know, the year two thousand, the year I'm born, a big event for the entire world, that it's, you know, another hundred years, yeah. You know, it's, 1900s it's been 100 years it's 2000 what's gonna happen for this entirely new you know millennium that's to come and she's not had any great experience with that she's just been locked away well it's a whole entire new and when i say new i think we can definitely say the millennium is a whole different kettle of fish from the pre uh the, the one so during the entire 24 years no one knew that she was obviously down there no one knew about the kids being down there so there was only one tenant's dog that constantly scratched and barked at the floor for seemingly no reason and no one suspected what was going on so during the 24 years 100 people lived during that time in the flats that he had built and rented out like above the cellar so but no, obviously no one knew anything. Fritzl started to make plans eventually in 2008 to free Elizabeth. But in the middle of March that year, 19-year-old Kirsten becomes seriously ill. And on the 19th of April 2008, Elizabeth helps her, her father carry Kirsten upstairs before returning to join Stefan and Felix in the basement. Fritzl tells Dr. Reiter at the hospital that Elizabeth is unwilling to care for the sick and severely malnourished Kirsten, but the doctor needs more medical information, and information that only her mother could provide, because obviously Elizabeth has spent the past 19 years with her. Um, police put out a television appeal for Elizabeth and she sees it on the TV that they have in the basement and she persuades Fritzl that she has to go to the hospital to explain what's happened to Kirsten so that she doesn't die. And so in total she was under that she was in that basement for 8516 days and she has now left the dungeon for the first time in that time. He takes her to the hospital and she tells him that she won't tell anyone the truth. 
Dr. Ryder interviews Elizabeth and tries to get as much info out of her as possible. Once that interview is finished, the police arrest Elizabeth and take her into a room to begin to interrogate her because they know something's not right. And it's only when they threaten to take away her children that she reveals for the first time what her father has been doing to her for the past 24 years. So naturally, they straight away arrest him. The other children, Stefan and Felix, are then <coughs> released from the prison and exposed to the world for the first time. They were all in extremely bad condition. Their skin was pale. They had all sorts of infections because of the filth and of the humidity that they put in of the basement. It was infested with, with bacteria and insects. So they had a lot of illnesses, realistically. Forensic, forensic experts enter experts enter the cellar and police find the conditions so difficult that they organize limited shift patterns for each investigator. They also have to drill in extra air holes because of the smell. On Sunday the 27th of April 2008, police, police in Amstetten hold a press conference and the name Joseph Fritzl is soon known around the world. A little bit of um before we go into the whole trial section uh, Elizabeth and her children are now living a secluded life away from the media in an undisclosed location with new identities <coughs> sorry uh, it's hoped the children have something of a normal life the same as wish for their mother Elizabeth uh, said that she didn't go mad because she had the children and a lot of people, and she did say that she thinks it would have been impossible for her to survive on her own, but she had a reason to live and that was because of the children. She taught the kids, she tried to give them as much of a normal life as possible while in the basement. So she'd set the kids like a set time, she'd make breakfast for the family, <coughs> so it was like a set time to wake up and stuff. She then had them go to school, so she'd pretend to walk them to school. She'd teach them how to speak and because she so she taught them everything at this when she was down there she tried to remain such a normal life as normal as she possibly could and this attempt at normality kind of like helped her get through the past 20 those 24 years and one thing we want another positive that has come out of this so they've been they have a lot of security with them obviously to protect them uh, she fell in love with one of her security guards and they're now a, a couple yeah which is like at least she's got a happy ending to this, hor this horrific thing that's happened to her at least things have now like the kids have now all, like, the upstairs kids and the downstairs kids have now met each other they're all trying to adapt she has she at first didn't really get along with her mum because she was like how did you not know i was down there they have now rekindled their um their relationships so they now have resolved a lot of things um kirsten's first words after leaving after waking in the hospital outside the prison was uh something that people didn't expect uh she she said 
and quote, I want to watch a Robbie Williams concert. A new life is starting for all of us. Let us be happy. I mean, were we going to slander Robbie Williams? I don't know. No, think... but it's just quite interesting that that was the first words when don't, she woke up. I don't think he's that bad. I mean, take yeah. that. A pretty respectable group, but it's still a career. He had some decent hits. Sometimes the songs can be a little, maybe overplayed for some. You know? Hmm. Millennium gets played quite a lot at my work, but um, rock DJ is a bit of a banger, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Gonna rock DJ. It's quite interesting, though, because you mentioned, like, normal life, and you, we, we say that, but it's not really a normal life when you think about it, because after so long, their life's not gonna be normal because of what they've endured. And the thing I always think with most cases like this is that even if someone comes out of prison for being there for so long, is adapting is the biggest thing I think about. Like, how? It's not that easy. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. Um, hopefully, well, it's been 14 years since this happened, since they got out. So hopefully, there is, hopefully they're all doing well and everything. I hope that they're doing well and everything. Because it's so tough to have to grasp what it is now because obviously when she came out god knows what she must have been thinking when you come out because of how much you've been deprived and what you now see yeah there's also there was also like a little clip um there's not a clip publicly but um felix basically felix is the youngest um he had his nose pressed against the window, like in the when he was in the car for the first time, just watching all the lights and stuff like that, and seeing moonlight and everything. He was just like, like, basically just pressing his pressing his face just against the window of the car, just like looking at everything, like wide eyed, but not saying anything, which is just like it's insane, really. Yeah, I feel a bit bad now with some things. You know, maybe you're the same of like. Say if you said to me, like, oh, do you not hear that new song that by one of our fave bands? And I'm like, no. And you're like, oh, come on. How have you not heard it? You know what I mean? Or I yeah. say to you, oh, you haven't heard this album. Or you've not seen that video. Oh, come on. That was, that was trending on Instagram. How did you not see it? And I feel bad because they didn't see basic necessities. And we're here complaining or saying to someone, you didn't see this video. Oh, how come have you not seen it? You know what I mean? And I feel bad when I say stuff like that. Because when I think about cases like this, I'm thinking, they've had it way worse. I can't be complaining about someone didn't see like a video that was trending on Instagram when they didn't see basic necessities of outside life. I mean, yeah. So, um, Fritzl obviously, uh, he only he his trial was only four days long, which is quick for a trial. Especially something this big, but they're clearly like, we need to get this guy locked yeah, up ASA. They knew fucking he fucked that. Yeah, so he is found guilty, obviously. And he is sentenced to life imprisonment for murder for murder by neglect for the death of Michael. Two, uh, 20 years for enslavement, 15 years for rape, 10 years for depra- uh, depravation, uh, 5 years for. Uh, coercion and one year for incest 
before the verdict is announced, Fritzel makes a rare expression of remorse, saying, I'm sorry from the bottom of my heart. Unfortunately, I can't change anything now. He is not remorseful, obviously. Because... No. Don't, now, the, now, Elizabeth, remember how I said before she got put in that cellar, she used to rebel against him all the time. Now, she snuck into the trial. Oh. She had a like a hood up and everything. She had a disguise on, so, but he he could tell it was her. He knew it was her, and he looked at her, and that's when he broke in the courtroom, and that's when he just accepted everything, because like that was her last act of defiance towards her towards him. That was her saying "fuck you." Like, you're not controlling me anymore. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like, fuck you. That was her last fuck you to him. And that woman, like, that takes fucking bravery. It takes bravery for anyone to face their abuser and to not get, and to just give them the I don't give a shit about you look. Like, yeah. She needs every else props anyway for the horrible shit she's been through but fucking hell just to sneak into that courtroom just to look at him and let him know it's it's done like he's fucked and you yeah. are done with him and you're done with the abuse and you're done with fucking everything and this is not going to control you kind of that kind of whole thing yeah fucking hell but i think she went in there for the sense of i want to see this person that has screwed my life over rot and get what he deserves so I can finally breathe easy and see this horrible human being get the justice we get. he deserves. The justice of him going to prison and knowing that she can rest easy. He deserves everything he's gotten. And I mean... It could be quite tough because I thought, you know, it could be on the other hand that she's like, fuck, I don't want to see this guy again. I'm free. You don't want to see anything. But she really wanted to see, I guess, the last hard hitting. This is what you get for all those years. But, you know, it's tough to just see that because so much emotions must be pent up inside of her. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, like so many I, I hopefully she's doing they're all doing fine now uh let's have a quick look on where he is i know he's still alive he is still alive and he is 87 years old and he is quite deteriorating isn't it yeah so he is 87 years old now a sick and very twisted thing that i need to add i need to add it the last couple, the last few years of being in that cell. Um, obviously, Felix had been born, and Felix was the last child to be born. Now, he had stopped raping her after Felix because he no longer found her attractive because she was so malnourished and deprived of basicness, of base, of normal human things. And he no longer thought she was attractive, and that's why he didn't rape her anymore. Wow. Yeah. Like, that was his reasoning. But 
But one thing I was uh, so the late the late <laughs> the latest thing we chose for Fritzel. I don't think it's gonna happen. But um this was an article from December 2021, 20, the 29th of December 2021. It said Joseph Fritzel undergoes psychological tests to determine whether or not he can be freed from prison after serving 15 years for keeping his daughter as a sex slave for 24 years and fathering seven children with her. I think that headline alone should tell you that cunt shouldn't be released. No, no. I mean, people know that releasing him would be the most fucked thing ever. You cannot release that man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's put down as well. Is hi- it is highly unlikely he will pass the psychiatric tests or that a judge will grant his freedom, but it's something that has apparently been fucking considered. But no. if but if if he does pass the test, he is he would be freed in twenty twenty four. Nah. Which it's... means he would have spent less time in prison than his own daughter did. It's stupid. There's stuff that you just don't even question. And that's one of them. He's done one of the most fucked up things ever. And some twat, whoever's considered that. No, there's stuff that happens where the whole world unanimously would be like, this is what should happen. You should stay in prison. You should never be released. It's none of the, It's not ever a decision where someone would debate what should happen. No, the unanimously, I would think the world would entirely agree with him staying in prison. And him dying there and rotting in hell. Yeah, so it, the, the reason why they were considering it is because it was reported in 2019 that he is showing signs of dementia and that his mental health is deteriorating. I don't give a flying fuck if that is the no, case. No, why would you care? Like, you shouldn't give a shit. You should not give a shit. Like, like at all. Human morals are the window for this guy because of all the fucked shit he's done. Especially when one of the things he said during his trial was that he actually meant well. So, no. Do not release this cunt. Don't. Uh, But that is the case of Joseph Fritzl. I know it's another horrific one. But, yeah. Next 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 week is one that I kind of know about, but I kind of don't. So I'm very intrigued by next week's one. Because I'm like, ooh. We're going a bit more yeah. international. We're going to Japan for this one. We're not actually going to Japan, but we're like doing a case for that's from Japan. Yeah, this. It's about damn. It's about I, I wonder what it's like for people in Austria now, because he's obviously blown up the true crime thing, and obviously Austria is notorious now for him. That sort of thing. So I wonder what it's like for Austrians now and how they have dealt with that afterwards. You know what I mean? Because stuff still resonates. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in the US, California, the notorious killers from there are still probably resonating within communities and stuff there. And stuff, you know, in the UK, our notorious killers, the stuff still resonates. So I'm assuming in Austria they still have people there that will go, or they have the know they'll know about it, of course, but you know media might every so often. There'll be a little article or documentary there that'll be made because of it being probably the biggest case in Austria. Yeah, I mean the mayor at the time did also put out a statement saying that 
they all um everyone in the entire town came out with candles in like support of elizabeth and all the kids and everything and the mayor made a statement saying that they want to try and make one man not tarnish an entire an entire town an entire country as well like that's what they want to show the yeah. world that this is not what they what they are and that they are here in like support of the family that's not him obviously it, it, it's quite tough because but it's going to be itself, hard well austria it, it already had a tarnished reputation in some aspect before that as you obviously know an infamous historical figure is from mm. austria obviously more notoriously known for germany yes but he was born in austria um it is one of those things where it's just bad because someone can do something and then the whole country gets that stigma and that's it and it'll just keep being there and no matter what you do it's just that's what it is you know what i mean we get it all the time being scottish william wallace braveheart freedom i mean it's not the case of like serial killers but this man who's fought for our country and done all this it's now just the thing for our country that people have just been like ah scotland braveheart freedom we you know what i mean we've got no choice that's just the stereotype so i guess for a lot of austrians it's ah you're from austria ah you notorious folk you know you've had oh yeah those people oh you've had some messed up folk you know what i mean yeah it, it's just, it's just there because of the folk and you, you they got to go past that and the thing it's tough because they've let that happen and as a nation you never want to be like crap we had this happen because you really you know nobody wants their nation to have something so bad happen to it because then you're like oh that's that's we shouldn't let that happen we're a good nation you know we, we always have good natured heart but something fucked will happen and you're like crap and you know you need to build off of that and try and get past it and progress more but you just wish it didn't happen because you know nobody wants your nation to have that weight under it and we get it a lot of the time in the uk you know what i mean yeah exactly so much stuff happens and it's just like crap that's such a horrific fucked event wow we didn't want that to happen because it's so heartbreaking for the families and everything but now that's just on us and we're like could this have been prevented and i think the thing with this case is um it's one of those ones where you don't think about this a lot and i don't but people had no clue that this was going on right no and no no one knew situations right where Right now, as we're doing this podcast, we do not know what's going on around the entire world. So the most effed up things could be happening, and we have no idea. Something messed up could be happening right now in Manchester, and you have no idea. And neither do I. Neither do I the most messed up thing could be happening in my town. But that's such a scary thought, though. Because this is one of those cases, like with other ones where people just get held captive someone had no idea and it went on for so long and you're thinking how how with how widespread news and information can go and people being everywhere and this sort of thing how can something be hidden away for that long or something can fucked up can happen and so many people just are walking around with no knowledge i mean yeah it is it is genuinely 
think about that though. Oh, no. I know. It's such a weird concept. This is why I've always felt this case so bad that people were in the vicinity of her, not exactly in the basement, but they were there, and they had no idea. They spoke to this man when he was out and about and had no idea what he was doing in his home. Yep. Like... Who can you trust? It's one of those ones where also the big thing is like, it shows you, you can't trust anybody, really, can you? Yeah, that is true. But you just Someone can't. Someone good-natured and good-hearted. I mean, right now, anybody listening could not trust any of us. That's up to their free will. I could spiel out of how I'm such a great person and I'm a goody-two-shoes, but anyone can believe what they want. You could but... secretly be having a glass of vodka next to you right now. No, I'm not. But we're good-hearted people. Yeah. We can genuinely say that. But yeah. you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, exactly. You just never know. Like, Only for something. Like, I've had it before. Like, well, not going to name names, which are, like, because I can't. But, like, finding out at the start of 2020 that someone who I've been on nights out with, or gone to festivals with, and blah, 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 is a pedophile. And that was, like, you just don't fucking know. There's no way. Unless, because... Our brain thinks about so many things that there was never moments probably where you were just sitting there trying to think. I never go out and I think, is my friend a bad person? Or I'm trying to analyse everything they say. Yeah, and try exactly. And point that to... Because if I went out and someone made like a joke, I'd never think to myself, oh my God, oh, they're hiding someone in their basement because they made a joke about, oh, I kidnapped you, Matthew. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh no, that means they're... No, there's so much things you have to think about that you can't process everything. You don't know what's literal, what's not, what someone's doing. So it's totally understandable how you had no idea. But when you find out... Oh, yeah, your entire brain just shifts. Your your brain shifts into that... For me, it shifts into that thing where I've had news come out and I've been like, fuck, and then you think, what, did I miss, like, a glaringly obvious sign? Whoa, no, you know, you start feeling bad yourself because you're like, fuck... I was with this, or I was with someone. Was have I failed because I didn't spot a sign? Have I done wrong? Yeah, I one, the one thing I want to point out to like all those people who are possibly telling themselves that it's not your fault that you didn't no, notice something because no. that's what these people do. They hide it and they try and hide it as well as they can to make sure you don't know. And that's the whole thing that they do. That's pretty much their whole thing, as well as the, the horrific things they've done. <laughs> it's not it's your fault for not noticing something when you've possibly, when you've probably known the, this person for so long and they've treated and they've done everything that is relatively normal and not horrific at all. Like, you're not going to know. I didn't know about the person who I was friends with. Like, we knew he was a dick who cheats on his girlfriend we knew that like that but that was it like we, we didn't like him yeah. because of that thing but like we didn't know the length it was going to but you just yeah. don't and you it's not anyone's fault it's no one's fault other than the person that's done all the horrific shit yeah and we could say check on your friends but or check people you know but it's, there's only so much you can do you know if your friends are feeling down check them make sure that motions because you know people can be feeling down and then worse comes to worse it could get worse so check on your friends on that aspect but you know i'm never checking on my friends to be like oh are you eating your five a day sort of thing you know what i mean i'm never checking are you hiding someone in your house 
are you doing this stuff? Yeah. There's you. No one's really ever doing that. Maybe you are, but I'm never checking on my friends for that sort of thing. Friends are friends. Family members of this. I'm, I'm not. No, like you're on checking that your I, friends to make sure they're okay, but you don't check your friends to make sure they're not bloody committing some horrific crime. But you don't think about that because you, you shouldn't really so have much, to. You put so much trust. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just speak to someone and you just your brain thinks on what it wants to. So like when I'm with my friends or I go to my friend's house, thinking right, I'm just gonna speak to him. We'll have a convo. We'll think about that. You know, there's so many things that my brain just won't think about because it's not important. Which is why I think a lot of people get away with it because nobody was thinking about Joseph hiding anyone. That was yeah. never a thought. No. And even though signs were there, people didn't forward the thought anymore to be like, whoa, he's definitely hiding someone or this man's an evil person. But he got away with it for so long and gladly got caught. But, you know, not much we can say and there's not much you can really do to catch all these folk out. Because there's so many people probably doing it in the world right now. We've got no idea, but it's it's sad. This is one of the worst things someone can do is make someone's life for so long a misery. Yeah, like... And have to put them through such pain for so long. Something that nobody should experience, but they just sadly have to. Yeah, guys, that is... The case of Joseph Fritzel. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And remember, if you go to our Instagram page, which is the True Crime Friday podcast, then we do post helplines for. We do post uh, helplines that are in some ways relevant to our cases that we cover every yeah. single week. And um, we do encourage you to use them. They are all free helplines. You do not have to pay to use absolutely any of them. So definitely get in contact you can even go on the help the, the those websites as well and we will see you guys next week where we talk about a japanese cannibal cool. tough one cannibalism but it's gonna be interesting yeah it's a tough one which we will talk about next week so thank you matt for being here once again it's, it's been a pleasure horrific case but battle through it we got through it and i'll see you guys next week bye bye